Hey everybody, Warren Smith here. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. I know I'm excited uh, for a new year and I hope you are as well. Uh, Before I get started with today's commentary, I did want to just give you a quick update on our year-end fundraising. Uh, I know I hate it uh, like you do all the year-end fundraising appeals, um, but the reality is that Ministry Watch and a lot of other Christian nonprofits do make a significant amount of their uh, income, get get most of their donations uh, in the month of December, November and December combined for sure, especially now that Giving Tuesday uh, has become a significant part of both uh, Ministry Watches and a lot of other ministries' um, giving plan. And uh, I'm delighted to report to you that um, we did meet our fundraising goal for year-end. Uh, we're still getting checks in the mail it being just the first couple of days of January right now, and it'll probably be another four or five days before I know what the final tally is. But our goal was about $117,000, and right now we're just a little over $120,000. So we slightly exceeded our goal, which is both a relief to me and also um, a real blessing. It allows us to uh, continue to do what we do, and that is to bring uh, news content and data Uh, to you that will help you, we believe, be more effective stewards of the resources that God has entrusted to you. So if you were one of the 400 or so people that uh, gave us uh, a donation in the last couple of months of the year, or one of the about 1,700 people that gave uh, a donation sometime during uh, 2023, let me just say thank you so much. You um, really make what we do possible. Uh, We don't accept advertising. We don't have a paywall on our site. We provide everything that we do uh, for free. But just because it's free, that doesn't mean it doesn't cost something. And those of you who donated uh, incur that cost, and I'm really grateful for it. So thank you. Now, with that out of the way, let me jump into this week's uh, commentary. It's um, it's something that's kind of been on my mind and heart for a while, and I think that if you read Ministry Watch regularly, you'll see that it's kind of underlying a lot of what we do. And this, it's the idea of uh, how to restore uh, a pastor to ministry. The, the idea of restoration is central to the work of Ministry Watch. We are not here to tear down Christian ministries or ministry leaders. Rather, we are here to provide transparency and accountability uh, in the hopes that there will be restoration of those individuals and institutions that have had a fall, and that the you know long-term goal will be to restore the credibility of the church so that it will be uh, what God intended it to be. One of the barriers to that process is this uh, uh, practice of restoring fallen ministers without any sort of legitimate or biblical process of restoration. And I saw that once again uh, last month during the month of December when Brian Houston, who's the head or former head, I should say, of the scandal-ridden Hillsong movement, announced that he is forming a new church. Now, that comes just months after he pled guilty to a DUI charge uh, in California. And, of course, it's the culmination of several years uh, worth of uh, really uh, remarkable behavior and activities on the part of Brian Houston that have 
not only hurt Hillsong, but I think hurt the church in general. Uh, and the story reminded me, of, once again, of just how often disgraced pastors have been making quick comebacks to ministry. The uh, examples are many. I think of uh, Mark chapter 5, where Jesus uh, asked the demon his name, and the demon said, uh, my name is Legion, for we are many. And I think that, that that story in some ways is also a metaphor or an analog for what's going on in the church today. Uh, just months after Mars Hill's Mark Driscoll um, spectacularly imploded, he moved to Arizona and started a new church. And of course, we've seen lots of other stories. Uh, Ted Haggard going back a couple of decades, Jim Baker also going back a couple of decades, but also several that are much more recent. Uh, Todd Bentley, Johnny Hunt, uh, former head of the Southern Baptist Convention, Carl Lentz, another Hillsong celebrity. These are all men who have behaved in ways that have biblically disqualified them from ministry, but yet they continue to serve in ministry, sometimes with very little time passing from the fall to their restoration. Uh, and so this story of Brian Houston and rem, remind, not only reminded me of these other stories, but also caused me to search scripture and reflect on some of the necessary and sufficient conditions for restoration uh, after you have uh, been in involved in some sort of um, public sin. Scripture, I, I should say, does not offer a succinct step-by-step -step cookbook for such matters, but it's also not silent on the issue as well. And uh, I think it does offer some guidelines and principles, and I'd like to identify a few of them here now. The first one is real confession. Public figures, including celebrity preachers, are adept at what I call the non-apology apology. Now, that sounds something like this. Mistakes were made. Uh, or perhaps, if I did anything to offend you, then. Now, these are not really apologies. Uh, true confession takes true responsibility. I did it. I made the mistake. I sinned, not merely mistakes were made. True confession is not a box that you check so that you can move on. It is a lament. The words of Isaiah can be a guide here when he said, Woe is me, I am an unclean man with unclean lips. True confession is also specific. It names the sin and thereby gives healing to the person who was sinned against. Statements from lawyers, from crisis management PR firms, from risk management departments of large ministries usually do not meet that requirement. Again, true confession is uh, specific and takes full responsibility. Now, the second principle that I would like to offer as something that is both uh, necessary and uh, not sufficient, but taken as a whole, I think these uh, ideas are sufficient, would be the idea of retreat. So real confession, number one. Number two is retreat. The fallen leader should just go away. Uh, now, how long should he go away or she go away? I don't know, but long enough to heal. Uh, Moses murdered a man in Egypt and went away for 40 years before returning to lead his people out of Egypt. Saul was an accomplice in the murder of Stephen 
before he had his Damascus Road experience, and he also went away. Now, we don't know how long, but it appears that he went away at least 11 years and possibly as many as 15 years that uh, between his conversion and his first apostolic journey with Barnabas. So to go away for weeks or even months simply does not fit the biblical pattern or model. Again, nothing in Scripture that says that there is a precise number of days or weeks or months, but it's pretty obvious to me that what we're doing today doesn't find precedent in Scripture. Okay, so a real confession, retreat, and let me offer a third, uh, repentance. The word repentance means to turn from. It means to go in a new direction. One sign that a restored minister has not repented is this, that he puts himself right back in the situation from which he came. Now, it's interesting to me that this principle is better understood in secular institutions than by Christian ones. Wall Streeters, for example, who violate securities law are often banned from trading securities for life. Lawyers and accountants who have been convicted of crimes are often prohibited from practicing law or accountancy for the rest of their lives, or at least for very long periods of time. The secular law requires them to turn from their old way of life and create a new way of life. Now, I want to add that no one is beyond redemption and restoration. But redemption and restoration does not mean that our humanity has been repealed. Redeemed pedophiles, murderers, swindlers, they can all have a role in God's kingdom. They can be used mightily by God, and I thank God for that. But restored pedophiles should not work with children. Reformed swindlers should not be in charge of financial matters. The temptations are simply too great. We should implement equally prudent, practical restrictions on celebrity pastors who come back from scandal. That is what true repentance, truly turning from, really means. So will we heed these principles? Uh, Regarding that question, I am, as the old saying goes, a short-term pessimist, but a long-term optimist. What I mean by that is this. I'm a short-term pessimist because the vast majority of our churches and Christian institutions simply do not have the structure or the will to implement, implement these simple biblical safeguards. And that's a huge problem. But I'm also a long-term optimist because organizations who fail to reform can't and won't survive. No individual organization or culture can ignore these principles forever without that individual organization or culture destroying itself, often from the inside. I'm also hopeful because the scandals that have racked evangelicalism are beginning to stir some among us. Organizations such as ECAP, the Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention, and GRACE, which stands for Godly Response to Abuse in the Christian Environment, and of course even Ministry Watch itself, are a part of this growing movement calling for transparency and accountability in Christian ministry work. 
So just as restoration was possible for the murderers Paul and Moses and for the adulterer David, so is restoration possible for evangelicalism and our institutions. Jesus promised us that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. So reformation is indeed in our future. But we must also remember that Jesus promised to preserve his church, not necessarily my church. If we resist the principles of Scripture that are so plainly set before us, Reformation will be the work of those who replace us, and history will be our harsh judge. But it's not history's judgment, but God's judgment that should be our primary concern. Listen, thanks again for listening to the Ministry Watch podcast and for today's extra episode. Uh, I uh, look forward to being with you in the year ahead. We've got some new things planned here at Ministry Watch, and uh, I think you'll uh, kind of enjoy and uh, be encouraged by the direction that we'll be going in in the year ahead. Until then, let me just say thanks to Rich Rosal and Jeff McIntosh, who are the producers for the Ministry Watch podcast. I'd also like to thank Christina Darnell, uh, Kim Roberts, Stephen DeBerry, uh, Casey Suddeth, and others who provide technical, editorial, and database support for Ministry Watch. I'm Warren Smith, and until next time, may God bless you.